Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. I interview entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share practical insight and information that can help you move past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. I've talked before about how we corporate escapees start our service-based businesses as consultants, coaches, or healers because we typically have one or more of the following motivations. We have skills and talents we love to use and we want to share with the world. We figured out a solution to a problem and we want to share that solution with others who need it. We might feel called to a mission and want to dedicate our lives to making a difference. Sometimes our lives dictate the need to have more control over our schedules. And of course, we'd love to have the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that we see as being missing from our organizational lives. So we're out on our own and we suddenly come face to face with our own crap. We discover we hate selling. We're not too crazy about marketing either. We struggle to talk about ourselves and the value we bring to others, and we can really struggle with money issues. We undercharge. We don't stay focused on the numbers and key performance indicators for running a profitable business. I say we because this has certainly been true for me, but it doesn't have to be this way. It's time to embrace our power. And that starts with understanding everything involved with pricing for profitability. My guest today is Justin Crane. He's a certified financial planner and money strategist for entrepreneurs. Justin is known for his savvy, holistic approach to financial planning, and he advises his clients on how to unite their money with their lives and businesses. And he does it using a unique system that he's developed from his studies of financial psychology. He educates and supports his clients in a non-judgmental way while helping them understand the financial side of running their businesses and making a profit. So listen in as Justin explains why it's critical to price for value and to create a premium pricing strategy. The impact that self-confidence and self-worth have on our pricing strategy, why we've got to get to six figures as fast as possible, common mistakes made with pricing our offerings that end up limiting our profitability and can create incredible stress for us. And you're going to hear him just mention something that is ROL versus ROI. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so welcome, Justin. I'm so happy to have you, and I should say have you back because you were one of my guests from the tech show. That's right. It's so nice to be here, to see you, to connect with you. I love your energy, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to today. 
Thank you. Thank you. This is a really hot topic, and I know it's the whole center of your existence. So we could go on for days, but we're going to give as much as we possibly can in the time that we've got. So we're going to just jump right in here. And of course, I have notes, so I'm going to be looking back and forth at you and at my notes. You know, I want to start right from the mistakes that people make around pricing. And I know your focus is pricing for profit. Yay. So can can you just start diving in with some of the mistakes that you see, and I'll admit some of the ones I've made, uh, around pricing services especially? Yeah, sure. I think before we get into like the little nuances of little things that you can do to to raise prices and all that, I think we first just have to talk about the mindset of a business owner and the issue that, you know, running a business, we need to get paid. We need to make a profit and we need to come to the relationship with this customer or client as in the mindset of it's okay to charge what you're worth. It's okay to sell something at a premium. Uh, You're not taking money from people. You're just delivering value in exchange for them giving you something. So let's just do a reframe and let's think of it as, okay, we're going to be prosperity thinkers. We're going to believe that we can create and manifest the financial life that we want, but it starts with us. It starts with the mindset of the fact that it's okay to charge a premium price. I mean, you think Tiffany, the company feels bad about that or the (laughs) Apple iPhone X for a thousand dollars. They don't, they're offering something good. So, and so we have, we, all of us have something like that. So let's start with that. And you know what? I'm glad you, I'm going to jump in here. I'm glad you mentioned those two premium offerings. Flashback. My little brother, who's going to be 50 soon, my little brother, when he was getting engaged, sent me an email. We were back and forth about, oh my gosh, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to ask her to marry me. And the little romantic in him he had to he had to do it the top of the empire state building for all of you fans of Cary Grant and an affair to remember that was his ultimate vision of romance but in there was the little box from Tiffany's oh okay now he could have bought a a ring from who knows how many other stores right there you trip over places in the mall that sell diamonds right no He had to, I mean, this was all part of the whole image of getting married to him. He had to have that little blue box. So he didn't care how much it cost. Yeah. So that's that's really, and to me, that's one of the perfect illustrations that somebody who wants what you offer in the way that you offer it is going to pay what you charge. Absolutely. And you're worth it. Right. It's, and especially in the mind of the client that you're worth it. So I think this issue, which this could be a whole episode not in its own, about the whole mindset issue mm-hmm. is big, especially with service providers like coaches and consultants who are, you know, whether you want to call them heart-centered or what, but we have a lot of emotional baggage around money and charging what we're worth. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really about self-confidence, self-worth, belief in what you're doing, knowing that like a lot of people are like, okay, am I a sham or am I not? Like, are people going to figure out, you know, it's it's just a reframe of, yeah, you're smart. Yeah, you're amazing. You're successful. There's nothing wrong with charging a premium price. 
and you don't have to back into a price where it's like, all right, well, how many hours am I going to do something and what's my hourly rate? And we can get into that, but I don't want people to think about trading time for money. I want them to think about the transformation of the from to the end of what someone's going to get or become. And that is how you can start your pricing. Yeah, that's a really great point because it's really about impact, right? It's about the yeah. impact that you're making to the on the client. So yeah, that's that's really great. So okay, we're in business to make a profit. Yep. And we're not talking about eking out an existence. We're talking about truly living abundantly, whatever that means to you, so mm -hmm. that you don't have to clip coupons and buy the yep. dented cans in the in the grocery store, that you buy the best food, you have the best health care, and you live in the kind of place you want to live and do the things you want to do, right? So how does somebody then get to the point where can you help us think through this thing about impact because I think this can be hard when you work with a variety of clients and some of them experience like mega home runs. I'll give you an example. I was just thinking about this the other day as I was getting ready for this episode. I once wrote a series of emails that brought in 14,000 leads. Wow. Yeah. And I don't charge like I wrote a series of emails that brought in 14,000 leads. I mean, the guy said, please don't write another one because I don't know what to do with the 14,000 I have. So uh, how do we then make the connection between, and then some, some clients, they just, you know, to them, um, writing a book is a big, a yeah. giant win for them. So how do we, how do we start thinking about pricing for profit with, um, the value that we add and the transformations that we deliver. Yeah, I think number one, let's just get our arms around the fixed costs in our businesses. Okay. So let's start with that. And I know as soon as I say fixed costs, there are gonna be people who get overwhelmed with numbers and are like, I'm not a numbers person. And so what I want you to do if you're one of those, just have a glass of wine with me, just kind of hang out and chill and listen and see. Yeah. And just think of it from a, a common sense perspective. So if you have QuickBooks or Xero or FreshBooks or any of those, you can go in there into your books and look at your expenses. And if you don't, I recommend that eventually you hire a bookkeeper and get that so that you can have some clarity because let's face it, if you're going to price something, you need to know how much it costs you to run your business. So you can do the back of the envelope and get a legal pad and kind of do that, but we somehow have to figure out like, what does it cost every month for us to just run the business? So let's go with an example. Let's just say that we have rent. We might have one independent contractor, maybe a virtual assistant. Maybe we do some marketing. Maybe we have a healthcare expense. Maybe we um, have some office supplies. And let's just say all in, just a simple number. Mm -hmm. It's $1,000 a month. Right. So, if our fixed costs are $1,000 a month, no matter how much business we do or how little business we do, we know that we need to have sales of at least $1,000 a month to break even. So point number one is identify what your fixed costs are. That's just to break even. But like you and I have been talking about, we're not in business to break even. We're in business to make a profit. Now, let me kind of, obviously you're thinking, okay, well, I know I need to sell more than $1,000 and that's right. But now I want you to think about, well, what other things 
do I have to account for so that I can make a profit and have a great life personally? The first is you, like the business owner, like we got to pay you something. You need a paycheck. So we got $1,000 in fixed expenses. How much do you need to live? Do you need 3,000 a month, 10,000 a month, 5,000 a month? Like, what do you need? So let's just say that you need $4,000 a month for your living expenses. So now you know that you need to do sales of at least 5,000 so you can pay 4,000 in your personal expenses and 1,000 in your business expenses. Just want to stop there and make sure that that makes sense. It it makes tremendous sense, and I am going to challenge every person listening this who says I'm not a numbers person. Because sweetheart, if there is somebody who has never been a numbers person, right here, I have a learning disability called dyscalculia. I've had it my whole life, and I actually will transpose certain numbers, and and it truly was agonizing for me to learn how to do math when I was a kid. Well, they'll add into that that I got a brain injury. Okay, I got some really good excuses for not being a numbers person. But we have to get past that because as an entrepreneur, you're now a numbers person. And I think that I think that it's so easy for us to I'm going to put in air quotes, delegate, because a lot of times it's just abdicate. But we delegate those tasks that we don't like to do, and to a degree we should. But we can also get ourselves into a heck of a lot of financial trouble by not paying close enough attention to our numbers. Sure. And so I just want to nag you about that, that this this. This is in the job description of I own my own business. You got to yeah. know this stuff. You do. You do. And so getting back to this, you got 4,000 yep. living expenses, 1,000 in fixed. Now you're at five grand. Right. Next thing that you need to think about is taxes. Now, I don't want to get into a whole conversation about right. that, but <laughs> yeah. we need a tax plan. And what I want people to do is I want people to think about somehow you need a percentage of each sale that you make that needs to be kind of like just moved to the side into a separate business savings account. Now, most accountants will probably recommend just 20% of sales, and I think that's fine. So, because that 20% is obviously, that's not your federal tax bracket or your state tax bracket. It's just a number that you can take off the top to set off on the side to pay your taxes. So if we just say we need five grand in sales, to break even with personal expenses and and fixed living uh, fixed business expenses. Now, if we take twenty percent of that five grand, that's a thousand. So now we're at six grand. So now we know, know that our monthly nut is at six grand to pay a thousand in taxes, four thousand in personal expenses, and one thousand in business expenses. That's to break even. Right. Now we need to make money. Right. So now we need to make a profit after all of that is paid for. Now, I'm doing it the simple cash flow math way. There are other ways to do it, but let's just say that we want to make, so we need seven, wait, let's say we have business expenses at four, personal expenses at one, that's five, uh, taxes are a thousand, so that's six. So now do you want to make an extra thousand a month? You know, that could be 15% of a profit. You want to make two grand a month? Whatever that number is, you got to make money, the business Here's the, this is a big distinction for people to listen. And I need everyone who's like, um, kind of 
not paying attention to bring it back. The business has to make money. The business needs money. Yes, you need your $4,000 to live and pay rent and take your kids on vacation, but the business also needs money. The business needs to make a profit and the business needs to make have cash in the bank. So let's say we want to make two grand. Okay, so we want to make an extra two. So now this number is at $8,000. Now we can talk about pricing with this hypothetical example. We need to sell $8,000 worth of our stuff. So now with this pricing money, it's like, okay, well, what are we selling? Like, are we selling, you know, a widget for a thousand a piece? So that means we need to sell eight widgets. Are we selling something for 2000? So it means we need to sell four. Do we have a suite or a menu of stuff? This is where you take the, the business owner takes back control of being reactive with their numbers and their money to being proactive and intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about that, your business, you're going to need to get new software. You're going to need new equipment. I need a new all-in-one printer, fax, etc. I, I mean, that. so, yes, the business itself needs money. It mm -hmm. needs money to be able to replace equipment. It, you need to be able to invest in your own professional development. You're, and so now you can see if you're not at, t at six figures, you got to get there quick, yeah. right? Because this is what it costs to actually run a business. When I see an article that says start a business for $20, I want to my head yeah, just explode because it just so undersells what it actually requires. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree with you. And I also think um, – that when you have money in the bank, you can say no in the business, right? You can say no to a lot of stuff that you're saying yes to that's just not right. So which frees up the space for the real good work, the real good yeses. Yeah, then that's a great point too when uh, I, I watch Shark Tank all the time. And one of the things that they often talk about to uh, business owners whose attention is divided, you have to focus. You have to focus. And when you don't have enough money in the bank, I got news for you, you're not able to focus because all you're doing is scrambling to cover those expenses and bring in the money and it's kind of like just in time and hand to mouth. And you just can't live like that un unless you want to live constantly under the threat of stress. Yeah, for sure. So pricing plays a big role in it. It's, it's, yeah. it's really about... What are you going to charge? You know, how much is each thing you're selling? Right. How are you going to back into the math of that $8,000 example? Right. And I, I mean, I really think that what you, what you need to do from there is you need to make a list of just the top five things you're selling. And if you're only selling one, you need to sell more than one thing because this is where the pricing can really come in because you can bundle things and package things and make it look more appealing. But make a list of the stuff that you're selling name it and then make a list of what each thing costs and then create a package and then you can do some math and arrive at okay well how many of these packages do i need to sell to get to the 8000 that's what pricing for profit is really about yeah and it really i think it starts this is going to seem kind of counterintuitive but i think it starts with the top pricing Start with what your A to Z offer would be, your total top of the line, 
price that appropriately at a few thousand dollars probably and then you can start to break out okay well what would be small and medium if that's the large so yeah. I think that that working from that top of the line kind of offering is a lot easier yeah and I also think let's get into the more detail like way of doing this now I want to I want to move into do we have a minute or you need to Keep going. Keep yep. going. Yeah, it's just the the issue of conversions. Conversions from the psychology of the buyer. Right. So when you're displaying your pricing and offering it, the buyer needs to understand what they're getting. So if a buyer is confused, they're not going to buy. Right. So how do you literally create a display and display it to where the person's going to be like, okay, I know exactly what I'm getting. I know how much it costs. Just that, I see so many people with these offers. There's just so much information on one piece of paper or on one web page or on a brochure that it's just too much information and the brain just checks out and is like, you know what? This is too confusing. Yeah. I'm, maybe I'm just not cut out for it. I'll, I'll come back to it and then you never do. Right. So that's one thing is, is the display. The second is, now, this is great. Have you ever met someone, Winnie, that has bought a car and never felt like they got a good deal? Like, yes. everyone, or hey, oh, you're back east. So Atlantic City, great deal. Go to Vegas, get a deal. Like, you know, get an airline ticket. Oh, I got this am amazing deal. Everyone loves getting a deal. Even if they have all the money in the world, people love getting a deal for value. Mm -hmm. So with your pricing and the display of it, how can you make someone feel like they're getting an amazing deal? That is, gets back to the display. And that is all about showing people one price with one thing, another price with something else. Now the brain looks at two prices, assuming that it can compare each and then discern where the value is. Right. This is what will increase conversions without anyone having to do any extra work or more time or cost more to make a product is just by the, the display, the comparing one offer to the next, and then making people feel like they're getting a better deal for one of those prices. Yeah, and if you're sitting here listening to this wondering, well, how the heck do I do that? You just want to start tuning into the sites you go to where you are inclined to buy. If you feel like, hey, I can read this and I know what I'm getting and I'm ready to buy, a little alarm should go off and you want to bookmark or save somewhere, Evernote, OneNote, someplace. You want to save that URL so you can come back to it later so you can really study how that is laid out. Because if it drew you in, that should be a good sign to you that there's something there that you can borrow in terms of how that information is displayed. That's a great For point. Sure. And, yeah. it, and not every web designer or web developer is going to know how to do that. Yeah, I think, does Southwest fly out by you, Southwest Airlines? It does, thank yeah. goodness, right out of Buffalo. Yeah, so if you go to their website and go to a specific flight that you're going to book, they do this very well. Yep. They have you, they, they, what do they got? They got priority, you know, the medium price they, and the want to get away. Right, and the want to get away is always yeah. lower. And yeah. then, yes. Yes, so the want to get away is available if you're booking like a month out. But if you're booking like a business traveler and you got to go somewhere like next week, 
that what that pharaoh is gone now you're really looking at these two pharaohs one is a priority and one is i don't know what they call it maybe standard or whatever so but the difference in the priority to the standard is not that much money it's like fifteen dollars so what southwest is doing is is they're stacking the bonuses on this priority for fifteen dollars more and they're giving you two options and their conversions are going up and they're making more money on the priority because the cost to them to deliver the priority is no more than the cost to deliver the um the medium one what do i mean by the priority okay so you get to board the plane first right does that cost southwest any more money no like you get um i don't know maybe a free drink so does that cost them 15 dollars? no it costs them like 50 cents so how can you make people feel like they're getting a deal without it costing you any more money? This is where you can also bring in joint venture partners because I guess let's go through a specific example. Okay. I'm going to just go with this one. I'm rambling, but is this cool? Yes. No, so, it, it's oh, actually, totally appropriate. It, give me an example, Winnie, of someone that either listens to your show or that you've worked with like a profession. Um, an operations consultant. Okay, operations consultant uh, 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 for like medium-sized businesses, something yes, like that? Yes, yes. Okay, um, systems and processes and all that, right? Okay, so if I'm an operations consultant uh, and I'm teaching people how to run businesses more profitably, better production, better systems, most of the time those businesses are going to have, I'm guessing, 10 employees, 20 employees or something exactly. like that. All right. So if I'm a human resources manager, an HR person, I would kill to get access to this business owner who's got these 20 employees. So maybe what I can do is, is I can go to this business owner, this guy, let's just say his name is Bob, and I'm the HR person and I'm Jane. Maybe Jane can go to Bob and be like, Bob, whenever you bring on a new client acting as an operations consultant, give your prospect a two-hour free strategy test or whatever on how to run a more profitable business with HR and systems and benefits and all of that. So now the HR person gets a free look into a prospect that can see the demonstration on how they work. It makes Bob look good. Jane comes in. It's like everyone's happy. It costs no more money for Bob. Remember, he's the one that has the offer. It's going to cost Jane a little bit but I got to believe that Jane would kill to have a warm lead who has 20 employees and try to find someone who does. Right. Yeah. So that's how you can incorporate joint venture stuff into your pricing. Great suggestion. Yeah. And I might, and, might have lost people, but hopefully it made sense. No, it makes sense to me. And I, I think that one of the other pieces here is that you really have to understand what is a value to the person who you're trying to reach and it, it sometimes it's something that you don't see as powerful but for them it is powerful it could be that uh, you've bundled a bunch of your past articles on a specific topic and you're going to give them those as a bonus they're all in one place I don't have to go searching through your blog I've got everything you've organized them yippee you know, yeah. so really understanding who you're trying to reach. And I think that that, along with that money mindset, that's one of those things, the fear of identifying a specific target 
that you are able to best serve and that most wants you is, is something else that people really resist. I know I resisted it for a long time, and it's a giant mistake. It's one of the things that I think yeah. will move you fastest to profitability just because you're so much more focused yeah. on your message. You know, you reminded me of something that I should have said. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot the best. What? Amazon. <laughs> Amazon does this. So yes. if you're this operations consultant and you're teaching about productivity with systems, all you do is you go on Amazon, you type in a book, like productivity for you know CEOs. And then you'll find like 10 bucks. So then you click on one book and then it, Amazon gives you if, you, if people bought this book, they bought these other 10. So Amazon's doing the heavy lifting for you. They're telling you exactly the other joint venture areas that serve the same demographic that you do. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for us then? So we're looking at at raising our prices, at pricing our offerings, making mm -hmm. it simple for people to focus on what would be the next step for somebody? Um, a lot of times what people will say is, okay, well, I can't raise prices on, you know, my existing people and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And how do I manage it from a cash flow perspective? Yeah, that's and, a good point. Yeah, how do you do that? I think first start with, you know, keep your old stuff where it is. And when you're either bringing in new clients or new customers or new products, you could kind of test it on them. So don't think that you got to go cold turkey. The key is, is to iterate off of it and see what works and kind of have some fun with it and don't let it paralyze you. You have to come up with a different way of displaying it and being okay with raising prices and seeing the results of it and then analyzing it. So I would say from there, just go for it. You don't have to do it with your existing, but create a new offer and see what happens. Yeah. You can use split testing, right? So you can send people to one page and then the next person who goes to that page gets this, a different priced offer. So that's one way to do it. You can start quoting slightly higher prices and see how easy is it for somebody to say yes, and then when you get pushed back, you stop. That's mm -hmm. another way to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what the, the fear here is a couple of things. One, we're afraid of making a mistake, right? Yeah. We're afraid of yeah. rejection. We're mm -hmm. afraid of, you know, losing that client, and, and now we have no money. So... I think that you're right. I don't think there's any easy way to do this other than starting to test it out. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and one thing that I think, like I'm a big fan of, like both of my businesses are all recurring revenue. Nothing is a one-off. Right. Nothing is like, I'm always looking for recurring revenue. I, I just, it's, it's like the best because you can plan your cash flow, your business right. is worth more, you've got money coming in, you don't have to stress. So why don't you create a pricing offer that's monthly or quarterly? Right. And you, like, how great is it to know, oh, I know exactly how much I'm going to do in sales this month. And then if you bring in more, of course, it goes on top of that. But I don't think people are thinking about recurring revenue uh, as, as much as they really need to. And yeah. there should be an offer and a price that has that. Yeah, I agree with you. 
Uh, I really do. And I think that you have two different ways then that you can create that. One is the recurring offer where you're continuously adding value and it's almost like a membership or subscription kind of payment every month. And then there is the, um, and I, my thought just went right out of my head. So hang on one second while I All think right. about this. Uh, well, I, I, I got I got something in this. You just interrupt yes. me when it comes back. Is um, you know Apple does this. So Apple makes a phone, right? Every three years they come out with a phone. Right. But what they're doing on top of that is they're like, okay, we need recurring revenue, and they don't want it every three years. So what do they come out with? iCloud, iTunes, all of these ancillary services right. that are monthly or yearly, where it's just it's recurring revenue to them. Right. So they have a services business within a product business. Now, that would be awesome if we could have both. Yeah, that would be awesome. And that's sort of like having a low-priced thing, and then I'm going to sell you the CD player, but then I'm going to make my money on all the CDs that you're going to buy every month. Mm -hmm. to, it's the first thing that popped into my head. So what I was thinking of was the recurring revenue of the, the monthly subscription and then there's the taking payments. So the the because maybe you offer a five thousand dollar coaching program over let's say six months, right? Mm -hmm. So now you know, mm -hmm. okay, six months I got five thousand dollars from this one person. Do you take that in payments? And and that's not the same as recurring revenue from a subscription. And I think the part of the danger there can be where you create so many payments that the, all the value has been given before they're finished paying. So there's an element of structuring the payments in a way that makes sense for you and for them. Yep. But remember, you're the person who's delivering the transformation, the outcome, the information. Don't, don't do that. Don't give so much that then they, somebody could just stop paying you and they've gotten all of the benefit, really. Yeah, that means you need to deliver the content or deliver whatever you're giving over that period of time. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I would just say like where my mind goes is uh, as you get into that six-month period, like halfway through, you need to begin seeding and planting that you have a, something else for them that's more about like accountability because like I run a group, it's all accountability. They're basically paying for me to check in on them with their numbers. Mm -hmm. So, and, and in, in the front end, I will plant the seed that, yeah, I have this program and it, and then it's just indefinite where it's not a six month thing. It's just ongoing. Right. So, um, I, I think the, I think it's a, it's, it's a great, what we're really talking about Winnie is a business model. Like how are we as service providers going to make money and what's our pricing doing to reflect that? Yeah, and you know what? I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think that if there's well, – there are so many things that we don't think about before we go into private practice, but I think one big thing is this issue of how am I going to actually make money? How am I going to then – I mean, a business model has then these, these different frameworks underneath it, right, that support yep. the overall model, and that also speaks to how you're going to get clients. And it typically what someone will discover is that they love the doing, but they hate the getting. And But they've inadvertently, and I did this myself, set up a business model that encourages you to engage in behavior you hate, <laughs> right? A consultant has a, has a fairly standard business model, 
and it involves usually making presentations, writing proposals, and not getting paid until you've already invested no. a large segment of your time, yeah. all as we would say in Atlantic so, City on the come. Yes. And it's it can be a disaster if you aren't a home run hitter every time yeah. you do this. So, so think about this. I, I think it's, you bring up a great point. What that means is, getting back to the numbers is your fixed expenses. Remember we want that thousand dollar example, maybe with this for the lead time and it's called your basically your customer acquisition cycle. If that needs, if we can shorten that up, that will be great for a business owner. So if, if it's a, if you're spending a thousand dollars a month and it takes you five months to land a client, you just spend five grand for five months to try to get that client, assuming you will. But what if we can reduce our expenses from a thousand a month, to 700 a month and what if we can reduce the customer acquisition cycle from five months to two now we're really getting control of things all of those examples that I'm talking about that's the business model is like how much money do you constantly have to put out there to keep yourself in business and then are you charging enough based on what you're paying for along the way and are you going to make it so two extremes would be Tiffany they have a premium price and Walmart they don't have a premium price. Tiffany sells a lot less than Walmart does. Walmart sells a lot more. Walmart's thin margins, Tiffany's big margins. Walmart people buy all of the time. I don't know, maybe your brother goes to Tiffany every week and <laughs> no. buys his bike an anniversary gift. <laughs> but that's, that's the business model that Tiffany's choosing. That's the business model that Walmart's choosing. Right, and it's, and it's a conscious decision Yep. And if you get yourself in a model that you go, this really sucks, it's, it's terrible on many levels, you can change the model. I mean, that's really what I did. I discovered, you know what, I hate this. I hate the whole process of getting the clients from consulting, so I'm changing the model. And like you, I have a subscription program, yep. and it's mm -hmm. fabulous. It's fabulous mm -hmm. on many levels, and one is because they get continuous value they stay focused and I get paid. Yeah. So it's, that's, it's and that's what life is supposed to be, right? A win-win yeah. for, for yeah. everybody involved. So I, I really don't think that we give quite enough thought to the business model and this issue of customer acquisition, because here's a big scary problem, is you do have to invest all of this time and effort and money and resources to get the client. And I think one of the things that we, you know, overestimate or maybe underestimate is how fast we're going to get the client. Yeah. We're not going to have a signed contract by dessert. If, yeah. if networking is one of your yeah. primary ways to yeah. get clients, how does this happen? It's, it, it yeah. doesn't happen over dessert. It happens over dessert after you've known this person for three yeah. years. So how are you dealing with that as a business owner? That, I think, is the big question, is, is what each of us has to decide because we're not just building a business, we're building a life, right? Yeah. So for me and for many of the, the people I work with, we know life is full of trade-offs, right? So one of the big trade-offs I think you have to make is – if you are going to say, I'm not going to engage in certain kind of marketing activities for whatever reason, I'm not going to speak, I'm not going to 
whatever. I'm not going to be on podcasts. Whatever you're not going to do. Now you're left with what you are going to do. Okay, I'm not going. You know, we're not going to judge that. This is what you are willing to do. So you have to understand that there are high risk, high return activities. There are low risk but also mm. low return activities until you've built up such a tremendous presence that you are a magnet. So that's really, a, I think, the trade-off that we as solo professionals have to make, and we don't give a lot of thought to that. I love that. I think um, you, you can do a whole podcast show on that, <laughs> on thought, awareness, consciousness, intention. You know, that's very powerful what you just said. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Sure. But, and I, I really do think that you know, there are gurus out there who say you must do this and you must do that. You don't have to do anything, but you do have yeah. to understand the consequences of sure. your voices. Yeah. We know that we've seen people speak. You've probably spoken at places where there's a room full of people. This is how I, I got started. Did presentations to a room full of people, and if you've got 70 people, and you've got seven who are really interested, and you close a couple of them, then in that span of time, you you know were maxim you maximized your efficiency in getting clients, and assuming you're pricing appropriately. But if you're going to engage in only this, you're only going to write a blog. Mm -hmm. Not no judging. Understand though that that may take longer for you to build a no like and trust factor where people say, yes, I will buy. Yeah. And they're all okay. But you have to know that consciously going mm -hmm. in. And, and I do think that's a bigger issue because we spend, especially starting out, we spend so much time building the website, writing yeah. blog posts. Yeah, yeah. That's uncompensated time, right? Yeah. So you can't, this all really boils down to, please stop undercharging. I just doubled my rates. Good for you. I did. I just doubled my rates. And, you know, I have friends who are telling me you're still <laughs> undercharging. But I doubled my rates. So you've got to make that decision that you're worth it and that you want to live, live a great life. And you can't help the causes you care about if you're nickel and diming yourself. 100%. 100%. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll get off my soapbox on that. Let's... What else are we missing? Are there other mistakes that you have seen people make that you that you want to point out? Because um, I could rant about this. Yeah, day. I think you know. So, getting back to the top is the, the the main mistake is they don't know what their costs are, so they don't and or their their monthly nut and right. their costs and the taxes, so they don't know what they should be charging because they don't even know what their costs are, right. and then. From there, they're not charging enough to make a profit. So that's the biggest thing. From there, it's the display and the, the, the making sure that the person buying feels like they understand what they're getting and that they're getting a deal. And then from there, um, we talked a little bit about business model recurring revenue. I think I'll just add two small points. The, sec the first point is, is when you're pricing your stuff, you have to be able to track the results of what you're selling. So that means you got to go back to your profit and loss statement. When you're looking at your P&L statement, you're generally, it'll just say sales. But 
how do you even know where the success is based on what your pricing is? So it can't just say sales. So going back to that, um, all right, if you're Apple, they're going to have a line item for phones. They're going to have a line item for computers. They're going to have a line item for services. Yeah. So if you're pricing your stuff in various packages or offers, you should have in that P&L under sales three subcategories of what you're pricing and what you're offering. Otherwise, how do you know what's really working and how much your money you're making off of each of them and what percent of your overall sales that one thing is representing? Yeah, that, I think that's a great point too because often we're spinning our wheels or feeling like we're spinning our wheels. We'll stop offering this thing that nobody wants or that you haven't quite figured out how to effectively market and position. Just, just let that go and focus on what is really going to bring in the revenue and make the biggest impact on your clients as well. And I, yeah, I think that we probably don't spend enough time on that and focus far too much on just continuously creating the new thing because we feel like yeah. we can do that. Focusing just lowers your stress so much. I call it National Get Your Head Out of the Sand Day. <laughs> I get Maybe you can put that in the show notes. I mean, it's like, like you got to really yeah. see what's going on. So that was my one thing. And then the other is like a lot of people think that they have to take a, like big risks to figure out their pricing. We talked about this, but I just want to give people permission to get in the shallow end of the pool and not feel like they have to do cannonballs in the deep end and like go crazy with their pricing. Just make some changes and see. Just make small changes, not in, the, not in the, the raising of the price, but in doing something. A lot of people think that with risk that they have to take big risks. No, small risks all the time, see how they go, and go from there. Right, that's, that's true. That has been statistically proven, that micro-movements will move you forward faster than trying to make some kind of gigantic leap. And I think that all of your points are really well taken, but I think that this issue is probably the most important one to get, Justin. It's that if, if you raise your rates $5 and you feel good about that, you're going to have a better time presenting that information than trying to raise your rates by $100 when you don't feel good about it because you've got to present it. Yeah. Right? So, so take the step that you feel good about, and as your confidence continues to grow, you'll get more courageous in your pricing, and you'll, you know, at some point you'll go, oh, screw this, I'm doubling my, <laughs> doubling my rates, and I'm doing it right now. So, yeah, so I think that's great. And this has been such great information. I really appreciate the time that you have spent. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about yourself? And because this is really the nature of your work, right? So can you sure. tell, tell us about the work that you do and yeah, how you for help sure. Yeah, so I'm a financial advisor. I'm a CFP. And um, I got into this business stuff because I'm like, you know what? I believe that the success of someone's business is going to be the engine to deliver them their financial satisfaction in their personal life. In other words, we're not going to get this, I call it return on life rather than return on investment. We're not going to get this return on life by cutting Netflix and by not taking a vacation. In my opinion, we're going to do it through growing, through expanding, through evolving as who we are in our businesses. 
and have this business success fund our personal goals. So because of that, I opened a second business um, and I held myself out as a money strategist for business owners. I literally have like, there's no title. Like I made it up. Money strategist for business. I got two businesses. And literally I'm like, I, people need this stuff. Like QuickBooks, for instance, they're amazing. That's software, but how do you apply it? And how do you get into like the real world of like dealing with all of the things that we talked about? So I created a second business to basically teach people how to take control of their money, even if they don't like to, to on their own path with no judgment and just one step at a time so they can feel like they're more confident and they can get all of the stuff that they want for their personal life and also make an impact with their business. So I got two businesses. My passion, as you can tell, you know, is in both, but like I just love the business stuff. It's so exciting to me to get strategic with someone's business and the money aspect of it. Yeah, and I'm just going to amen all of that. Um, Justin really has hit on, I think your niche is perfect, because as soon as you say money strategist for, for entrepreneurs, business owners, I totally get it, because yeah. this is all the stuff that I listen to and have felt myself, and once you master it, it's like the ticket to freedom. We start this, started this business to get free. Yeah. Right? We didn't like having somebody else say, this is all your, your talent is worth, what I'm going to pay you. We want to be paid based on the impact that we make. But then this crap gets in the way. The skeletons start falling out of the closet. We start judging ourselves and we hold ourselves back. And for women especially, we start out behind the eight ball, right? Yeah. We're up to earning, sure. I think it's what, 62, maybe 70 cents if we're lucky uh, yeah. on the dollar. So, so we're behind the eight ball there. We don't ask for increases. So we continue to perpetuate this behind the eight ball. Then we get into business and we historically earn less than men as in, as in self-employment. So we've got to address this. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's so many because I primarily work with women business owners. Um, about seven years ago, I got divorced and I started um, messaging to the world. Screw everyone. I'm putting my oxygen mask on first. That's it. And all of the women were like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like we're moms and we're running a business and like we're trying to be a wife and like we're 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 doing everything. And like we're going to we want our own financial independence. We want to make our own money, do our own things, and not have to be, you know, be dependent on anyone else. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So that's, and I'm now married and, you know, blending family and all that stuff. But I really respect you guys, and you guys are the strong ones. Us guys, we're like, <laughs> we're chopped liver. We're complete chopped liver. So where can people go to find you? Justin. Yeah, they can go to cashflowgift.com. So it's three words in one URL, cashflowgift.com. That will be an action guide on what you can do, like one or two things that you can do to make you feel like you're really going to take control and create a better life for yourself. Not when you're like 85. I'm talking about like now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That issue of cash flow, that alone we could go on for days about. And I, so here I'll make a confession. I'm, confession. I'm getting twisted up in my headset. 
So here's one. I used to go through this stressful period in the middle of a month. I just, mm. I'm like, oh my God, am I going to have enough money to pay this bill that comes due yeah. um, in the middle of the month? And then I'm sitting here going, well, why don't I just change what I offer so that it's offered here, people pay me here, and then I pay this bill here. Done. That's great. But until I thought that through, I'm sitting here having stress. Yeah, it's, so, the timing. it's the timing of those cash flows that's important. Right, right. And those are all things that we can control by just making some changes mm -hmm. into our offerings. So, so great talking to you. I could go on for hours. Thank and you. I'm so happy that you were able to, to come back and uh, be Thank on you. this show as well. We'll include uh, Justin's links. Uh, in the show notes, as well as a link to his book, so you can get that too, and uh, all of his social media details so you can track him down. So thanks again for being here. Thank you. All right. I hope you found that useful. I love talking to Justin. Remember, you can get his free gift at cashflowgift.com. And if you liked this episode, I hope you'll share it with others in your communities. And please leave a positive review for it on the platform where you consumed it. You know how important reviews are, and I would really love to get your feedback. And it, your reviews would help other people decide to listen to an individual episode. So remember, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the Google Play Store. You can watch the video interviews on YouTube and subscribe there. And you can also subscribe on my website at WinnieAnderson.com. When you do that, subscribe on the website, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and strategies to help you break free from self-doubt and limiting beliefs and break through to create the thriving, profitable, and joyful business that you dream of and deserve. And you'll discover that by how to position and pre-sell yourself as the trusted advisor that I know you are. All right, so your cocktail exercise. That's what I call a reflection exercise. No liquor isn't is necessary, of course, and don't drink and drive. Okay, sit back and think about all of the data points in your business. Think about all the data points to running your business, including the numbers around those points. So by data points, I mean traffic to your website. How many conversations do you need to have in order to have one person say yes? How many of X do you need to sell in order to make that number that you want to create? Do you know how much money that you really need to make and want to make? And taking into consideration that you need to save money, that you need to invest for your retirement, that you need to have that rainy day fund, that emergency fund. And of course, you want to be able to, to help in, in bigger ways, probably to your family, to the causes that you care about. So do you know how your offerings stack up to enable you to earn the money that you want to earn? And are you really priced for profitability? Do you take your uncompensated time into consideration when planning and pricing your offerings? You also want to think about how your business model impacts the frameworks for marketing, sales, and the other elements of running a service business. Remember, I mentioned to Justin that I discovered that I had set up a business model that I really forced me then into a marketing framework that I didn't want and, and a sales framework. I didn't want to write proposals and then have to go through negotiations and all that stuff. What I was really resisting was a coaching model. 
So you can, and you can create a hybrid model by looking at a bunch of different models and putting something together that works for you. So business model really is super, super important, and we'll probably be addressing it in another episode at some point. So think about all of that. And you also, while you're thinking about this sort of thing, you really want to think about the beliefs that you have around money. We've got so many emotional issues tied to money and these, these false beliefs. We've just inherited them. We've absorbed them from other people that we've come into contact with as well as from the media and society, right? So there is no shame in earning money that often a quoted line is actually misquoted from the Bible. The love, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil, not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. So money is a tool. We need it to function in the world. We need it to survive. We need it to be able to be generous and to take care of ourselves and our family. All right, off my soapbox. So I think that these big thoughts are sort of the best, best done when you are working like through journaling and working with a coach. I, I buy nice journals and then these are the kinds of things that I think through when I'm, uh, I'm writing in them. So this is, it really does involve a lot of emotion and a lot of feelings of self-worth. Do I deserve this? I'm unworthy to charge that amount of money. Who am I? All right, so your action step. I want you to raise your prices. No ifs, ands, or buts. I want you to raise your prices. That's job one. And I don't care if it's by $5. I want you to raise your prices for every new client. I want you to, if you have offerings, I want you to raise your prices on every course, whatever you got, every book. I want you to raise your prices. Figure out what you really need to charge for all of your offerings and then raise those prices until you get there. So you might do this in one big jump like I just made, or you might want to use micro movements and where you've got these little increases maybe once a month. You raise your prices by $10 or $25, and then with the goal that by the end of the year, you're going to get to where you really need to be. So if you need to raise your rates by $100 every month, I'm telling you, do it. I want you to raise your prices. You want to get to an amount of money that you feel fully communicates the value that you deliver, that feels good to you, because you've got to, you know, you've got to, def- I don't want to say defend, but you've got to ask for that price, right? So you've got to feel good with it. So don't be afraid to use this micro-movement strategy. So- studies have shown that it's micro-movements that really are what moves the needle more by trying to make a really big leap you may shock your brain so much that it panics and the inner critics just start screaming and then you may self-sabotage. So, And you make this decision because everyone is unique. So don't listen to somebody that tells you you must do this. You don't have to do anything. All right, do what works for you, but the important thing is to do it. So if it feels better to take smaller steps and get to that same spot, all right, whatever. Right, And don't let somebody pressure you into saying, well, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah, all right, well, it'll stay there <laughs> until I get to where I feel comfortable and where I go. So just don't listen to people who try to push you around. 
it's, it's so distasteful. All right, anyway, so remember, if you need help, you can reach out to Justin at CraneFinancialSolutions.com, and that's Crane with a K, right, K-R-A-N-E, FinancialSolutions.com. Or you can just go to CashflowGift.com, get his free gift there, and, and start talking to him. And, of course, in the show notes, I'll have all these links as well as links to his social media sites so you can connect with him there. All right, this has been Winnie Anderson for the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. Thanks very much for listening. And remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.